Earlier this year, a new federal advisory panel called the Food and Drug Administration Safety Innovation Act Workgroup, or FDASIA, was launched to support the development of a risk-based regulatory framework for health IT. The goal of the framework is to balance innovation with patient safety and to avoid regulatory duplication. I'm Mary Ann Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking to Dr. Julian Goldman, who is co-chair of the work group's regulatory subgroup. Julian is also Medical Director of Biomedical Engineering at Partners Healthcare System in Boston. Julian will discuss the recommendations that the work group recently made to the HIT Policy Committee of the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. He will also explain how those recommendations might apply to cybersecurity issues of health IT, as well as some of the cybersecurity issues involved with medical devices. Hi, Julian. Hi. Now, to start, briefly describe what the work group was assigned to do. So the work group, which, as you described, is the FDA-SIA, people usually just call FIDASIA, for the FDA Safety Innovation Act Working Group, so FIDASIA. The FIDASIA Working Group was formed to provide recommendations to the Office of the National Coordinators Committee on Health IT. So what was the main thrust of the recommendations that the work group made to the HIT Policy Committee And what are the recommendations' main goals? Well, when one looks at the the larger picture here, we know that from an FDA regulatory perspective or a medical device perspective, there is a regulatory pathway for the traditional medical devices that we are all familiar with. It could be a blood pressure monitor. It could be an implantable device like a, a pacemaker. It could be a whole range of medical devices. But there are also medical devices that, people have been looking at, such as apps, such as telehealth devices, and uh, and also health IT infrastructure and and, uh, EHRs, and there's been a lot more confusion about whether those things should fall in or out of scope for traditional, I'll call it traditional, FDA regulation. So a lot of the discussion in the committee was about formulating a pathway, and the working group made recommendations that it is important to clarify which elements or components of the health IT system are in and out of scope for more detailed regulation. So some of the key recommendations were related to clearly identifying what should be in and out of scope for regulatory consideration. That ideally it would be possible to say that there are certain health IT related technologies and applications which From the beginning, one could identify as not needing to go through an FDA regulatory pathway. That was one of the main thrusts of the recommendations. Other main thrusts were about addressing the regulatory ambiguities and duplication that exist today within the frameworks uh, from within the FDA, uh, the ONC, or the FCC. And these are separate federal agencies that don't necessarily or historically have not had a long history of collaboration around medical devices and health IT. And through the process of the working group's discussions, meetings, and presentations, we attempted to identify a number of areas 
of regulatory ambiguity. The other main thrust of the discussion was to strongly consider better post-market surveillance of health IT products. We all recognized and discussed at length in a number of meetings that without data, without understanding the performance of devices of health IT and understanding and identifying problems related to the device's use, we really can improve the quality of of health IT components and the safety of those components. So better post-market surveillance was another major thrust for the working group. Now, what are some of the key risks posed by health IT? What sorts of health IT products? And how did the work group recommendation address that? The work group identified a number of actual and or theoretical risks from health IT and cited studies, for example, an increase in mortality in a study involving children. And that's included in the final documentation that's that's uh, freely available on the HHS website. Another key area of risk was identified as not only the potential for health IT to be misused or for health IT to not perform as intended in supporting clinical care, but also that health IT, the vision or the promise of health IT may not be fulfilled. And many members of the working group recognized that the inability of the marketplace to fulfill the vision of health IT is something that has to be addressed. It is, in a sense, too limiting to think about only addressing problems that are surfacing. We also have to look at the cost of the inability to innovate if regulation is heavy-handed or unclear, and if consequently manufacturers are unable to deliver products to the marketplace to help us care for our patients. How do the recommendations address cybersecurity risks related to health IT? What are the risks and what sorts of IT health products are most vulnerable to cybersecurity issues? I would say that cybersecurity was a topic that was brought up frequently within the working group discussions, but the focus of the working group analysis was not specifically related to cybersecurity. There were many things that are related to cybersecurity and influence it. For example, it, it is well understood that security or addressing security requires a constant vigilance and uh, changes, rather monitoring of system components and addressing risks. And so when we think about the system, the health IT system, which including medical devices in this case, the ability to effectively perform software maintenance to address newly identified cybersecurity threats is a key part of maintaining the integrity and safety of the system. And that was discussed at some length. And so it was identified that the future regulatory framework should not preclude our ability to, number one, monitor the health of the system easily and identify and report problems, and number two, to ensure that it is not burdensome to maintain the integrity of the components through whatever means is appropriate to address cybersecurity. Cybersecurity, we all know, is a, is a complex topic. As part of our research program based at Partners Healthcare and Mass General Hospital, our research program on medical device interoperability, we convened a group not too long ago to respond to the 
GAO's request for information about the cybersecurity risks of implantable medical devices and produced a, an analysis and a white paper for the GAO. And looking at and understanding uh, security requirements, cybersecurity issues, both with standalone medical devices and network medical devices, is a key part of the activity of our uh, MDPNP research program. Now, you mentioned post-market surveillance. How does the work group recommend that post-market surveillance of HIT products be improved? Well, the work group spent considerable time discussing the importance of reporting health IT-related problems and the fact that not only should they be reported, but they have to be aggregated and resolved. And, in fact, the work kicked off with recognition and review of the Institute of Medicine report, which uh, discussed the need for uh, a more effective way to track, identify and track problems in medicine broadly. And so the inexact or specific method of doing it was not part of the core recommendations, although the need for reporting was discussed. And reporting is fairly complicated, of course. It's Reporting is always a challenge. It's a challenge whether it's related to medical devices or health IT or, or patient care in general. But in this case, there are unique challenges. Because if we look at the reporting, for example, of medical devices, if there is a problem with the medical device, if the problem with the medical device was in some way related to a patient injury or a potential patient injury, we have a clear pathway to report that to the FDA and that reporting might be done by a medical practitioner, by a hospital, or by a medical device manufacturer once they become aware of the problem. But in the case of health IT, if the health IT components, the EMR, the EHR, routers, switches, network infrastructure, whatever it might be, if those are not FDA-regulated medical products, then it is highly unlikely that problems will be reported to the FDA through a conventional pathway. So when we look at a future regulatory framework and a way to maintain and improve the safety of health IT, we have to recognize that events will occur across a much wider space that is regulated and non-regulated component space. And so the traditional method that is already in place of reporting to the FDA probably is not going to be sufficient unless the FDA changes the scope of its ability to receive reports and we educate people about that. The other part that's quite interesting is as we look at the FIDESIA working group activity, we can see linkages to other things that are occurring uh, nationally in terms of national initiatives. For example, the FDA has had a pilot program on something called MD-EpiNet, Medical Device Epidemiology Network. And the idea of the MD-EpiNet is in part to leverage the EHR to record and document medical device-related problems. And a commonly mentioned example is based on a pilot study from the National Children's Hospital in which one can look at the EMR and identify that a ventilator was swapped out on a pediatric patient. Now, normally, one does not change a ventilator when it's in use on a patient. So that helped to flag that potentially there was a problem with the device. So it isn't hard to see the connection between detecting a device issue and then recording information. So if you're using an EMR for that, for that task, 
you would theoretically have physiological information about that patient and clinical information. So one could ascertain whether the device problem was in some way related to affecting the patient's outcome or caused an injury. Also, the other emerging activity is the FDA UDI, or Unique Device Identifier, which is essentially a, well, is a unique ID, like a license plate for medical devices. And as that starts to roll out in the next few years, it will enable EHRs to collect specific information, that is, the, the UDI from a medical device, and have that as part of the record. And we're also seeing some of that thinking in Meaningful Use Stage 3 with regard to how to use the EHR to collect and facilitate reporting of adverse events. So in these other discussions, much of the focus has been either on has been on adverse events related to patients, that is historically, I should say, the discussion is about adverse events related to patients. And now we're talking about not only problems with devices and facilitating the reporting of the device failure or problem, but we are also starting to look at, in a broader context, through within FIDESIA, starting to look at identifying health IT components and system problems, using the technology to uh, identify and potentially report that. After all, it's, we all know how common it is we see in, in, in our consumer devices and our automobiles that they detect problems and uh, the check engine light comes on and then we can download a you know, code from, these, from the memory device within the car and it lets us know that the engine may have been misfiring or there's a problem with the anti-lock braking system. So in other domains, we, are, we have an expectation that sophisticated electronic systems have some level of self-monitoring, data storage, and then that facilitates reporting and analysis. And eventually, if you look, for example, at automobiles, the manufacturer identifies that there is a potentially a broad problem and is able to fix that, and hopefully fix that before people are stranded in their cars somewhere. Now, how might improvements in post-market surveillance potentially help regulators or device makers better identify cybersecurity issues with HIT products? If one looks at, an, at a typical IT or IS network, there is an expectation that one can monitor the health of that network. There's an expectation that one can look at unusual activity, one can look at changes in network bandwidth, it's possible to detect the early onset of a distributed denial of service attack, for example, and certainly there are many other things that can be detected when one monitors networks. So surveillance of a network and surveillance of inappropriate activity or, or anything else that one could be looking for is an essential part of modern networking technology, whether it's wired or wireless technology. And the idea that that type of capability needs to be brought to health IT systems is, I think, a core part of the thinking. So surveillance is a key part of that, and uh, surveillance of the health of the devices, their device performance, the health IT system performance is part of it, so that's real-time, and then also surveillance and identification of problems. So it's, it's essential to know whether data is being lost within a health IT system, whether the transformation of data is incorrect, for example, the conversion of kilograms to pounds or pounds to kilograms, which could then be used for dosing of medications that are potentially lethal if not administered in the right dosage, and these are problems that have been reported already. There is a need for comprehensive surveillance of both the, at the core technology level, the performance of the system, 
and then also of the ability of the system to support clinical care. Now that the work group made its recommendations, what's next in this process? Well, the work group made its recommendations, and the work group reported those recommendations to the Health IT Policy Committee. So that has been completed already, and the Health IT Policy Committee has accepted those recommendations. Then as the process moves along, uh, these recommendations are going to be made available to the agencies that are responsible, to the ONC, the, the FDA, and the FCC, and they will work on the regulatory framework. There will be an opportunity for public comment and for further input into this. The FIDESIA Act of 2012 calls for the HHS secretary to post a report by January 2014 that contains the proposed strategy for risk-based regulatory framework pertaining to health IT. So we have a fairly short timeline for this work to be completed, and I assume that the agencies are already hard at work consuming the information from the recommendations and working on the framework. Thanks, Julian. I've been speaking to Dr. Julian Goldman. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.